0: the very the most common um uh, infidelity you know uh adultery clause that is the only exception that is there know, one of those um there is i mean i'm reading it um the adultery clause yeah the adultery clause it says it right here right um the subtitle before that section of the well, you, gotta oh, got you. you gotta get a good bible god you gotta get a good bible i gotta get someone to suggest um, to me right before i read okay. it, it's already it's already mapped out. <laughs> okay um, Matthew 5. I mean, is that a good place to start? Because yes. I know that's a very common one they pull from. Let's start with what the Lord says. Right. Welcome to Acts 2 and 42. Real discussions, real opinions, real stories. And All right. So, welcome back. Uh, this is real Acts 2 and 42 podcast. Uh, thanks for listening and watching. Uh, today, if, if you can read, you read the title. Uh, the title is, um, you know, the topic, excuse me, is um, What does the Bible say? about divorce. Now, uh the only reason, one of the only reasons that I wanted to to cover this is um, you know, quite honestly, if you do a search and you just type in what does the Bible say, the first thing which which um kind of represents the most popular uh search is divorce. So a lot of people want to know. Um outside of that, we've had several conversations. It's been a topic for at least 10 years for us, you yes. know. Um from day one, that people want to know. Uh, plus, we know the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. We also know that most people are predominantly Christian, whether they go to the church or not. So, we have a mass of Christians, right? Mm-hmm. And of those, many of them are divorced or are planning on getting divorced. So, um, which is why people are searching for it. They want to know because they're in this situation. The marriage gets hard, or whatever, or their brother, sister, cousin, or brother, you know, brother in Christ, you know, and they want to know what's their options, you know. So I can definitely, um, definitely understand that. I do want to say going in, um, can't speak for him, but I know myself. I have friends, I have family, I have loved ones that are divorced, um, that what I say has nothing to do with them, and I will reserve nothing because of them. Um, And I say that, you know, respectfully, that I'm going to, Simply try to elaborate and point out uh, what the Bible teaches, which is the question. What does the Bible say? Not What does Keith say? Or what does TJ say? Um, So what Christ says, what Paul says, what the Bible says, what the law says, whatever. We want to deal with that. Um, So if you're not interested in that, you should probably turn it off. And matter of fact, I don't know how you found us. You know, because (laughs) because we we don't give you uh, much... uh, um, Opinion, you know, we don't give you much um, twisting uh, for itching ears, you know, twisting of scriptures and and our own personal, you know, to spin on biblical principles to make you feel better. So um, I kind of I kind of have to say that bluntly, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because the rest is probably going to be more offensive than what I just said. If you are in that class of people that we just defined, I just I just want to be honest, you know, going in. Um, But what is written is written. And that's, I, I don't have anything to do with that. Hmm. I have nothing to do with that. If you're mad for me for reciting it and repeating it and believing it, well, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but I have to be upfront and forward, you know, uh, in advance. And just, um, if you're actually interested, regardless of your situation, but if you're actually interested in what the scriptures say, right, and <clears throat> what will what we hope is the proper interp- interpretation and application of what is written. If you're interested in that, then obviously stay tuned and we'll, we'll go through all this. Um, but I just had to make that, uh, introduction before we got started. Um, cause it is one that they, people get heated about. <laughs> they, they get really upset. Yeah. So, um, and here, here's why, here's why I think they get upset, right? What's the most common view Christian teaching concerning divorce what's the most common i'll say way out adultery okay so if if your spouse cheats on you mm-hmm. um they say well if they were unfaithful if they cheat on you um this excludes you from you know divorce being wrong
1: christ said adultery
0: right christ said adultery right he did say the word adultery many times, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. but, um, but so when, when that's the standard, right, when that's what they hear from every pulpit, from, you know, almost, you know, all commentators, all all preachers, whatever they may be. And then we come along and say, no, I didn't say that. No, there's, there's no reason. No. Um, that's, it's not received well, Mm-mm. you know, because you've already been conditioned and and you approve of at least that. And if you were in that case where it was because of infidelity, You feel like, all right, I'm good, I'm justified, you know. Um, So I don't know. Is there anything else that we need to say, like, as a...
1: I don't think it's unreasonable to reject um, or to hold strong criticism against the ones who say something that deviate from um, the consensus, that deviate from held beliefs, you know, and axioms, um, things that we believe that are stated that haven't been questioned, you know. Um, it would be quite foolish to hear a man say, "Well, that's not true." You just jump on board like, "Yeah, that ain't true." Right? You know, when everyone else is saying, and when that when the people that you esteem as teachers and leaders, um, or as valid sources of information, are saying that it's one way, and someone else comes along and says, "No, that's not it." Right? Um, so I don't think it, I don't think it's unreasonable. I think that some of the motivations for why people contend against this information are more emotionally based and not mm-hmm. reasonable. Because you have a you stake know, in it. Yes. You have a stake in it. You're not yeah. actually considering the information. There's a cognitive bias, you know, a cognitive dissonance that that is keeping you from actually considering the information. You know, there's a conflict of interest, you're either you or family members and we all we rarely want to say that what we or a family member is doing is wrong, especially if they seem happy, you know, right. especially if the right. thing that they're doing works for them. Right. And I, I'll just say I, I'm
0: I'm in that situation that I, like I said, I have friends and family people I know um, that are divorced and I look at them, you know, and I know the situation they're in and I'm... Like Bible aside, I'm not opposed to their relationship. I'm not opposed to their current you know, relationship and or marriage or whatever. And I, and I understand the issues that they had in their previous one. And mm-hmm. I see them in a better state now than mm-hmm. they were before. So I actually agree with that. Um, Bible aside, just speaking as a fool, mm-hmm. as, as an earthly person. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was better for you to do that. You know what I mean, like in this in one particular case, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, "Yeah, that was bad. It's probably better. You're you're better off now. You know
1: that person is a good person. You seem happy. You know what I mean? I have the same. I have the exact same situation in my family, like in my family with right. someone that I I love dearly. You know, yeah. very close. Um, so yeah, it's it from the outside looking in, like you said, Bible aside, not. Not using scripture as the standard, right. you know, or at least my interpretation of the scripture um from what I see, it's like okay yeah your your last marriage was trash, yeah um it was detrimental, you know, um on all fronts, it was a war zone now you're you're living mm-hmm. happy, you know mm-hmm. you, you have more and things it looks falling to the purpose it's like God's with you, right um, yeah, but then I have to kind of bring Bible back in and say, but I, I, I'm still, I have a conflict. You know, right. I, I, I'm not able to
0: reconcile. Right. And it's not, it's not even, it's not even your conflict. I know you're the one representing it, but it's in conflict with the scriptures and mm-hmm. and that gets to, but what we're here for is what does the Bible say? <laughs> you <laughs> know, what, what people search for, <laughs> no one has searched Google and says, what is Keith and TJ said about, Mm-hmm. No one has ever, I promise you, no <laughs> one has ever googled that in the history of Google, and no one ever will. No, you know, no. Um, so no one, at the end of the day, it it matters zero what I think. It matters. It doesn't matter at all. You know, what I think, and that's I just want to say that as a um, just just honesty. You know, mm-hmm. just honesty going in that yeah, I see what you were talking about, and, and and you end up having the same scenario that you see an example, and again, scriptures aside and beliefs aside. Um, I see that as better and I'm, I'm glad you did that because I see you happy because I see a better person or a better situation, whatever the case may be. Um, and for the one that's not even, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but for the one that's, that's, um, in a position where they're thinking about getting divorced or going to get divorced. And I look at the situation, I'm like, yeah, y'all ought to be apart. You shouldn't be together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we can talk about that too. Um, but anyway, so I see just cause. I see, you know, like like Moses did for the heart hardening of your hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love don't live here anymore. <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, so I just I just that's us. You know, that's what we we see real life scenarios and situations, and we view them. You know, as they are. I'll just say that. Um, but then there's the scriptures, and that's what we're actually here for. Is what does the Bible say? So what what does it
1: say? Jump right in. I think it <clears throat> depends on, let me rephrase, it depends on where you're looking. Um, because as many other things or topics, subjects, if you're looking to confirm or deny a thing, to accept or reject something, many times you can find evidence for whatever position you hold. Depending on where you're looking, right? Um, Confirmation
0: bias. If Google I want searches, war, the Bible
1: allow divorce? You know exactly, right? Um, and I may butcher the quote, but it, create the belief in the theory, and the facts will present itself, right? You know, if you're searching for something, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Is why
0: we say many, many times on all different subjects, when you, when, if you really want to know, right? And you want to check your own biases, which everyone has them. Mm-hmm. Search for the opposite and search to disprove what you think it is, and see what you find.
1: And, and what you're you want surprise it to be, yourself, yeah. You know, search to disprove what you want it to be, right? Because, um, like you said, we have biases and we go in looking to confirm them, right? And if you want it to be something, you're already wrong. Mm-hmm. Period. You know, I mean, you may have a
0: preference, but if you actually want a certain outcome.
1: You're not going to just give proper consideration, <laughs> you know, to to the right. to the opposing view, um, to right. to the scriptures or whatever the information is that says otherwise. Yeah. But to kind of, I just want to preface it with that because mm-hmm. the Bible, depending on where you look, allows for divorce. Right. You know, um, allows to put the woman away and um, to receive another, you know, uh, as your wife and. But it's also at a time where the Bible allowed for multiple wives. So if you want a divorce, sure. There's there's right. scripture there. And even right. Christ said, you know, for the hardness of your heart.
0: And if you want to stone a woman to death, sure. you can do that. Yeah. If you and want to pull so, 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 a <laughs> certain you know. So, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. You can find just about anything. If you want to save none alive, right. It's in there. Right, right. But, Scorched
1: earth, you know. But we also We also see scripture where concerning divorce i see where it is permitted and i kind of want to i don't want to conflate divorce and remarriage um concerning divorce i do see where the putting away or the separation mm-hmm. excuse me um is permitted right
0: let's 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 be be very clear um there is a difference between separation there's a difference between divorce and there's a difference between remarriage mm-hmm separation doesn't necessarily imply divorce divorce doesn't necessarily imply remarriage yes so real quick before we start diving into these things just understand that one does not entail the other mm-hmm. one does not include the other by default that each one is its own separate step that makes
1: yeah make sense? Okay. so with that being considered i see separation um in the context of the scriptures as a whole, understanding. As a Christian. Yes. At this point in the game. Yes. Right. right. I see separation where you can be separated. Right. Um, other than that, I don't see permission being granted for divorce and or, and or remarriage. So, So how about before we get to justifying
0: that? Before we get to separation um, and the different degrees and what that, you know, what's what's acceptable, what's good. Um, how about we deal with the very, the most common uh, infidelity, you know, mm-hmm. uh, adultery clause. That is the only exception that. Is there know, one of those? Um, there is. I mean, I'm reading it. Um, the Adultery Clause? Yeah, the Adultery Clause. It says it right here. Right um the subtitle before that section of the Well, you, oh, got you. you gotta get a good Bible. Oh god. You gotta get a good Bible.
1: I gotta get someone to suggest to me. Um, right before I read okay. it's it's already mapped out. <laughs>
0: okay. Um Matthew five. I mean, is that a good place to start? Because yes. I know that's a very common when they pull from. Let's start with what the Lord says. Right. Um and and that will at least to some some degree it'll backpedal to Moses, you mm-hmm. know, uh, if we read that. But um and we will too. Uh, so Matthew 5 and 31 says, um, it has been said, and I, I don't know what before you, you know, King James only is, you know, hop on me. I always say this. I don't know what translation I got. It could have been a King James. It could have been, because um, this was actually from a conversation and I probably chose a more paraphrased translation so it made better sense to the reader. Um, so, So, you know, just, Understand that going in. Um, It had been said, whoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. Now notice it said, it had been said. Mm -hmm. It hath been said, right? But I say unto you, but I say unto you. So already we have a contradiction. Separation. It used to be said, Mm -hmm. you could put away your wife and give her a writing of divorcement, right? But I say, Mm -hmm. okay? Same thing? Same thing. Yeah, but I said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're all done, right? The Lord yeah. said, you know, So, but, but just as we go through this. There's a contrast Let's yeah. keep track that he's, yeah, he, that we're already saying at least a contrast, if not a, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, complete opposite. Um, but whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, whoever shall put away his wife, except for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Okay? It's very different than saying if someone cheats on you, you can put them away and write them a bill of of divorcement. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand the difference, just just bear with us. So real quick, whosoever shall put away his wife except for the cause of fornication Mm -hmm. causeth her to commit adultery. So adultery comes in as the byproduct of the divorce, not the pretense for divorce. Mm -hmm. So when you divorce except for this reason... You're causing her to be an adulterer. And, and this is why. Whosoever shall remarry her that is divorced commits adultery. Mm. Whoever remarries her is committing adultery. And what Jesus is saying is because God did not disannul the first marriage. He did not grant you <laughs> divorcement. So if you go out and marry another, you were already married. That's called adultery. You know what I mean? So this is, this is actually what Jesus said. He didn't say if someone cheats on you, look, you're good to go. And that's we, we we. That's how it's interpreted. Yeah, but like you said, it's already given to you in advance more times than not. It's mm-hmm. already told. Well, this is okay, and here's why. Um, so saving for the cause of fornication, right? For one, fornication is not adultery. Before we started this episode, and um, I, I may I, I get lazy sometimes. I may, for your benefit, put something up on the screen, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I probably will. Um, I try to give as much uh, evidence, uh, links uh sources cited or whatever to to validate what we're sharing. Um so you can look into it for yourself. But a strong concordant definition definition of fornication is a broad stroke of saying sexual immorality. Okay. Then the word adultery is a completely different word. And that word implies the married. Mm-hmm. The if there's a husband and a wife, there's a married unit and there was infidelity in the marriage. Okay. So Adultery could be a type of fornication. I will grant you that. I will give you that. It could be a type of fornication because it is sexually immoral, right? But fornication by itself is not expressly adultery. They're not synonymous as we make them. Like fornication, just except for fornication and adultery. You ever heard of say that? <laughs> yes. Except for fornication and adultery. It doesn't say that at yeah. all. It's crazy. Just reread it. Slow down. Um, so it says, if, if, if it's for the cause of fornication, if there's sexual immorality, mm-hmm. what you're saying, wait a minute, so if they're married and they're sexually immoral, it must be adultery because they're married. Hold on, take a step back. You have to you have to consider the scriptures and understand there's already a biblical, uh, biblical precedence mm-hmm. set from the Old Testament, from the bill of divorcement and all that, right? Anything you have to add? No. Okay. I mean, feel free to to double dutch your way in. Um, I think I'm going to double dutch my way in when I feel free. Okay, got you. Um, <laughs> let's see. So here, here's one question to ask, right? If saving for the cause of fornication, if that was in after the marital union, right, and it was while they were married and there was sexual immorality, why wouldn't it just say the word for that, which is adultery? Mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself the question of, they didn't say adultery, or excuse me, he didn't, not they. The scriptures doesn't say adultery. Jesus did not say for the cause of adultery. Mm-hmm. He said for the cause of fornication, which at least maybe strongly implies it had nothing to do with the marriage at hand, you know, or in, or in question. Mm-hmm. So, cause if that was the case, he would have said adultery. If they have cheated on you, if they committed adultery, then you can put them away. Otherwise, if you put them away, you cause them to commit adultery. Mm-hmm. That would have made far better sense if that's what he was saying. Um, so Deuteronomy 24. Okay. I think there's a relationship or at least, these scriptures had already been written. These teachings were already known and common before the time of Christ. So when Christ is speaking, people are well-versed in what Deuteronomy 24 I mean, says.
1: That, that definitely needs to be um, understood. Yeah, yeah He's and, speaking to a people that know the law right. in reference to the law because they this ask him was about... was their law.
0: Yeah. What did Moses say mm-hmm. about this? Trying to trip him up. Yes. Trying to tempt him to uh, contradict Moses. So there's a reference point. Um, but Deuteronomy 24 says, when a man has taken a wife, and again, this is the belief of the people who Jesus is speaking to, when a man has taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness Mm -hmm. in her, then let him write a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. So if he marries her, right, she finds no favor because she is unclean. All right, so we can say that there's maybe many things that can be considered unclean. But as it pertains to a husband and wife, what's the number one thing that after you married a woman, if you found her to be unclean, what's the, what's the most probable thing? She had sex before the before marriage. She wasn't marriage. a virgin. So sex outside of marriage mm-hmm. is biblically called what? Fornication. Fornication, mm-hmm. except it be for fornication. Mm-hmm. So if he finds her to not be a virgin... If she if she finds one that she scripture translates
1: that she, she's not a maid, um, right. implying there was someone there before him, right? Because that was the custom,
0: right? So already, if we just take Matthew five for face value and we inject for fornication and adultery, mm-hmm. we've made we've already mm-hmm. made an error. So he separated it, it's for fornication, or you cause them to commit adultery, right? But again, you're neglecting the actual scriptures. You're not putting into context what the law was, what the known teaching was, what the people there who asked the question were taught and believed at that current moment. And at the same time, he references it. Like, look, except it be for this. Cause we permitted like, mm-hmm. look, and here, here's why. Like, all right, well put a pin, put a pin in it for a second. One, one thing I want to just quick sidebar biblical marriage is quite different than what you know it to be today. Okay. If, if we got, we'll get into that at some point, but if Very we get different. into it, you would probably be appalled with these five seconds. You probably wouldn't want to hear another word. (laughs) But it was very, very different. But I promise you, it was not unrighteous. It was not evil. It was not um, uh, as misogynistic as as your first impression may think it to be. Um, But there is a biblical structure that if you are a Jew or a Christian and you believe in the Bible, you already know this structure and you're okay with it to a degree. If you're a Christian, if you're a Jew or a Christian, not a professing one, Got you. Yeah, so I said, I got to. This My guy's guy. making faces. So, <laughs> guy. um, but I'm saying this is already a standard the Bible teaches. So it's not that far off. But so marriage is different than what you may think as we're talking right now. So, but put a pin in that. So, the belief, you may not be familiar with this, but the belief was, and what was right, right? This, this, the, the practice was, there is no sex outside of marriage, else is fornication. That's sexually immoral. And obviously, we all know without getting into details, it's easier and you know possible to prove a woman to be a maid, to be a virgin, to be a a uh, clean bride, um, in the biblical standard a little bit more so than a man. You know, you you can tell if if a woman has you can prove her virginity. And I had a conversation with my wife about this. I'm like, yeah, you prove someone's a virgin. And I mean, I I know, I know, but I was like, but proving it though, you know. <laughs> and we we can we can touch on that, but um. I mean, we're all adults here, but <laughs> um but nonetheless, so the standard was everyone was was to be a virgin. Like, you know, no sex before marriage. You mar uh sex was um participated in after marriage between a husband and a wife, and only between a husband if and a wife. If
1: there was sex before marriage, you had to pay for the tokens of, of that virginity and marry that woman. Right. right. So it was sex was either it was supposed to be after marriage, but you weren't having sex with someone other than the person that would be your husband. That that was your husband, right? And in the case, of what happened beforehand, they would be your husband, right? A- absolutely.
0: All right. To continue to continue along that path, right? Additional scriptures that um, that shows that there's a controversy when you find that you know that you're claiming the bride is unclean, not mm-hmm. a virgin, right? Um, and I don't have it as I read it now, but I will cite it and and put it up on the screen for those watching. Um, but it's it's if a man takes a wife and after sleeping with her, dislikes her and slanders her and gives her a bad name saying, I married this woman, but when I approached her, I did not find proof of her virginity. We know what he's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a process because this could be a true statement, or this could be slander and a false accusation. Mm-hmm. So what the elders, what the father and mother have to do with the elders is establish, is this a true claim or is this a false accusation? And there's punishment for both. So, cause I mean, God knows you wouldn't want someone out there slandering your name. So we have to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. This man is saying, I'm unclean. He's calling me promiscuous, which now I was joking with my wife. There's a song promiscuous girl, you know, like exalting it. This is hilarious. Like this is, this it's, it's, yeah, crazy. Um, it says, then the young woman's father and mother shall bring to the town mm-hmm. elders at the gate, the proof that she was a virgin. Her father will say to the elders, I gave my daughter in marriage to this man, but he dislikes her. Now he slanders her and said, I did not find your daughter to be a virgin. And here's the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then the parents shall display the cloth before the elders of the town, the cloth with blood on it, proving that she bled. Right. Mm-hmm. Um And the elders shall take the man and punish him because they have proof. They shall find find him a hundred shekels of silver and give them to the young woman's father because this man has given an Israelite virgin Mm -hmm. a bad name. So recompense, repaying, justice, right? She shall continue to be his wife. Mm -hmm. He must not divorce her as long as he lives. (laughs) Because this is a false accusation. She wasn't unclean. There was no fornication. So, so there's, there's no bill no... of divorcement. Okay. Now, if, however, the charge is true and no proof of the young, young woman's virginity can be found, she shall be brought to the door of her father's house and there the men of the town will stone her to death. Mm-hmm. Now, why? Because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Again, marriage is not what it is today. The You know, um, the practice, the sacrament, if you will, the the um, whatever, um, and also our lifestyles and our casual, you know, ways was not the case. It was considered evil and it was considered punishable by death if you were caught doing it which is why they wanted to stone the woman when that brought to Jesus that had slept with the men. Probably mm-hmm. some of the men that wanted to stone her had probably slept with her. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So this is why. This was the practice. Again, you don't have to like it, but this is this is the scriptures. Um, she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by being promiscuous while still in her father's house. See, she had fornicated while still in her father's house before she was given to her husband. The fornication took place prior to marriage. It mm-hmm. was discovered after marriage, once they went to, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it, um, after marriage, when yeah they get together. Um, there's, a, there's a saying for that. Um, you Consecration. Must, yes, to consecrate the marriage. Um, you must purge the evil from among you. And that was the purpose, to remove evil from among the people. Um, and we don't have to... Remember, we, we've had constant conversations about um, different commandments and their utility and their their good purpose in societies. That it's not, God just doesn't make arbitrary rules. Mm-hmm. Moses didn't hand down arbitrary rules. Jesus, Jesus didn't say arbitrary things. And the apostles didn't teach arbitrary things. It was so that you would have good in life and mm-hmm. not evil. And so that good would overcome and not evil. And we see this in society today, but that's for another one. But um, but these were the laws. These were the rules. So we see exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 5, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all, I, mean I know we're already sitting here agreeing. So it's like singing to the choir, but... What's different about that so far? Nothing. We can move on, right? So let's go to Mark, the 10th chapter, okay? And my my personal opinion, this actually dives in and deals with even more of it than Matthew 5 did. Mm-hmm. It says, and the Pharisees came to him and asked him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? Because they always accused him of contradicting Moses and the law of
1: God, mm-hmm. right? And he answered, which is again, that's to be kept at the forefront of your of of consideration. Right. Right. They were referencing Moses. They were referencing referencing Moses, Moses wanting him to contradict. They were referencing Moses. So, if we're going to explain what's being said here, you have to understand what was said. Right. What Moses said. Right. What Christ is referring to. Who knows the Scriptures? Right. What what the Pharisees are referring to. Who know the Scriptures? They're not just saying, "Well, Moses said some stuff. What do you say?" And right. Christ is responding out. Arbitrarily. Of the air. Right. Yes.
0: He actually went right to Moses. In this in, in the first case, mm-hmm. he went right to the law. He went to the things that most people believe Moses penned himself. You know, not saying he did, but <laughs> um, see that we Yeah. <sighs> he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. Mm-hmm. For every so, cause. Right. Moses said, We can get divorced, right? And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But hmm? but Again. <laughs> so we see the same thing. Yeah, Moses said this, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then there is no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God, and we say this at weddings, we say this, you know, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. That means if God joins you in marital union, he's con- he is contradicting Moses here. He just said what Moses said, or they did. And he said, yeah, but mm-hmm. from the beginning, he said, look, Moses did it because your hearts were your, your heartened. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to fix that right now. <laughs> you know, Jesus, yeah. you know, I'm trying to fix your hearts right now, but... He did it for this reason, but from Moses the did beginning, it because it was good, right, but from the beginning it wasn't to be it yeah. wasn't
1: so no God wanted divorce, he did yeah that's why. you know Moses did it because it was good, and your hearts were clean, and everything was great. He made Adam and Eve so that they
0: could uh consecrate mm-hmm. know each other, lay together, create life, and then separate, and then have followers homes like we covered in previous episodes. Whoa. That was the will of God, the righteous, and holy, <laughs> all-knowing will of God was that For the hardness two of people your hearts. would get together to separate, that two people would love each other, then turn to hate, that mm-hmm. two people would join together and make a vow, a solemn vow. I'm going to put a link to Jordan Peterson's video on the purpose of marriage. Two people make a vow, and he's like, and I don't wanna, I don't want to recreate it, but just one point, you already know that person is flawed. They know you are flawed. Well, we ignore it in the beginning, but mm-hmm. you know people are flawed, so you have to make a vow that, look, I ain't going nowhere. Because if if you really spend time with the person, you're going to find 15 reasons to walk mm-hmm. away in 10 minutes, you know, or, you know, you understand what I'm saying? So, but we stand before every, everyone. And I heard someone say, you know, kind of jokingly that I'm not really worried about the... Uh, um You know, the in sickness and in health. I'm not worried about the in health. I think we all got that covered. It's the in sickness that we're promising. (laughs) Yes. It's the the for better or for worse. Well, I know you're going to stay for better, but for the most part, but it's the for worse that we're promising. Why did we promise all this till death do us part? If it wasn't till death do us part, if there's all these clauses and reasons that we can separate biblically, you know, and according to the covenant that we make when we stand in front of everyone. Yeah. That's the problem. And think about this. We're 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 really talking about what does the Bible say? But you don't even have to go there. You can just ask yourself, what did what I did say? What did you say? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what did I say when I stood and made the vow? You know, um and again, well, no, I'm not even going to We already said what we said about loved ones and our perceptions of their relationships today, you know, so take that in consideration with with this statement, but um, um you said what you said. I didn't say it, you did. I said what I said. I married who I married, right? Um
1: but you didn't have reasons to be divorced, right? None whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Yeah. That well, that Luis definitely Ray. needs... <laughs> I think <laughs> that's also something that needs to be interjected um, or injected into the conversation. Right. There are plenty of reasons, at least from what I've heard from, you know, the people that I know who are married and, and still today are with the person that they, they married, you right. know, from the beginning. Um, There are plenty of reasons to get divorced. Plenty of reasons, plenty of. There will always be reasons to get divorced. There will always be fallouts and plenty of, and it's the same with any any relationship. relationship, There's plenty of reason to leave, and sometimes very good reason. Right. But you didn't make a vow with your friends, right? You know, you made a a a solemn oath. And see, we we might have to put a pin in that. We might have to
0: to stay on what the scripture said, because right now I can already hear the thoughts of the listener. You know, I had good reason, though. You didn't go through what I went through. Yeah. And look, man, I True. hear you. I know, man, I sincerely know that people go through some terrible things, and I don't think you should have to tolerate that. So let's just stop there and say, <laughs> your situation is your situation. I don't know it. I have sympathy towards it, um, and you had your reasons. I don't have a problem with that. I think the scriptures do, mm-hmm. and let's just stay with the scriptures. Um, so, but this, he said, let no man put asunder. And then it says, and in the house, his disciples asked him again on the same matter. So they went back to him and said, Lord, what did you say about this again? And he said, and he said to them, whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another commits adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and marry another, she commits, another, uh, commits adultery, which is almost the same as Matthew 5, except for... The what they call the fornication clause, you know, mm-hmm. statement injected in between. But we've already covered that clause, right? According to the law, mm-hmm. which the Pharisees and him knew, he already, you know, he touched on that. But here he's saying the same thing. So if you put him away and you marry another, remember we said there's a difference between separation. There's a difference between divorce and remarriage. Mm-hmm. So even if he's saying if you divorce, he's already saying divorce is not the will of God. It's not from the beginning. Are. It was not so, right? But if you divorce and marry another, now we're talking about remarriage. We're not talking about divorce. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's say you believe you have just cause to remarriage and God didn't want it. And you believe in absolute will and permissive will and all that stuff. But let's say you just say, look, I had to do what I had to do. Okay. Jesus is quite clear saying, if you take another, it's adultery. Yeah. So I was asked this question. I do want to share it. And then we we can um, touch on Paul you know cuz now we can see not only what Jesus taught but what the apostle sent by him taught by him and he asked him one question did have I not seen the lord face to face am <laughs> i not you know and don't you know yeah so this is a man that was taught by him in person i will say after his death mm-hmm. and resurrection and ascension those are some stripes on that yeah on that um what do you call it uh, and lastly here, appeared to me mhm So, the question, you know, this is a person I was talking to, one-on-one, and they said, look, you know, so a question I have, um, sorry, uh, where is it? So, please correct me if I'm wrong. If you got so far as to divorce and remarry, so as long as you repent from these prior offenses, you will have salvation. Or is it still viewed as adultery? I guess what I'm asking is when is adultery no longer considered adultery? Well, as long as it's adultery. Um, If I'm divorced and remarried and I repent to prior things, you know, I hope I'm explaining my question correctly. Um, And I said, yes, as long as you repent, repentance allows for forgiveness. So adultery is forgiven after you repent, which is to turn away from it. And I think that may be the difference of how we define repent,
1: Mm -hmm. repent, Literally means Sorry. to turn
0: and go a different direction. We,
1: we, we interpret it as being sorrowful.
0: Right, or saying that was a mistake, but can I move forward?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was a mistake, but can I remain in this, the mistake and move forward? See, the problem is that as long as you're with another person, that, that is adultery. You haven't repented. So as long as you continue in it, yeah, you haven't repented. So unfortunately, you have to leave the second or third or fourth or fifth marriage. You have to leave that. At bare minimum, you have to leave that to prevent committing adultery. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, and I, t- I told her this. I said, look. Um, in this case, you have to leave the second marriage slash adulterous relationship. Reconciliation with the first may or may not be possible, but the second marriage is adultery as long as the first spouse is alive. And that's where I touch on Paul's teaching, right? So if you're in that position and you're saying, all right, so I'm adulterer because I'm, you know, remarried or whatever, but I can't go back to the first person. I can't guarantee you can go back to the first person. I just know you're not allowed to take another Mm -hmm. as long as they're alive you're not allowed to kill him either <laughs> jump jump ahead of you on that one <laughs> um so anything i mean you want to jump into you know paul
1: i would say going in in addressing or reading what paul states um it should all it should be remembered as you pointed out that he learned from the lord you know he was taught from the lord um so whatever he says we have to view as support or at bare minimum as paralleling right, what the Lord. Lord said. Right. You know. You have to understand what apostles
0: are. You have to understand why what the apostles taught is significant. And the fact that they didn't teach of their own. Like Paul makes it very clear, as we'll see here. He makes it very clear what he got from the Lord as a command mm-hmm. and what he's saying that he thinks is good. He makes it very clear in in, in his writings to the churches. And there was the utmost They knew the gravity, they knew how grave and serious it was to teach what he said properly and not to add to it what they believed Mm -hmm. without specifying, I think this is a good life. I think this is a good way to do it. You know what I mean? Like they didn't teach their teachings. Their teachings were his. His teachings were not his teachings. Mm -hmm. He said his being Christ. Christ said that what he spoke was from the father. He didn't speak of his own the things he did, he didn't do of his own. It was the father. You know what I mean? So this is just the same line, the same, you know, it's all what God said that matters. The architect, the father, the creator, the judge, the, all this, Mm -hmm. it's all what he wants, all what he says. He's the only one that knows what's true. The day of the Lord, he's the only one that knows what day it is. I don't know. And the angels don't know, Mm -hmm. but the father knows, you know what I mean? So the apostles didn't, they didn't play any games with saying anything different. And that's why they would come to each other and talk and say, wait a minute, what do you say about this? Because they want to see what you say is what the Lord told them mm-hmm. and and vice versa. You know, um, and this is why we should all say the same thing. Cause Christ only said one thing. He wouldn't have taught two different things to two different people, you know, when it comes to, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Um, so, but I don't know that we're going to ever satisfy all the viewers, all the listeners. Right. But I think, as far as the scriptures go, we've touched on the two main passages of where Jesus dealt with divorce and remarriage, and we've dealt with the fornication clause, and we've pulled it from the Pharisees, the Jewish, Jesus' known teachings as a child, what he was brought up in, what they were brought up in, what they believed, what Moses said. All that's been dealt with and clarified, right? Mm-hmm. If, there's, if there's any discrepancy, if we've left anything, you know, wanting... Um, or not fulfilled, not sufficient, please let us know, comments, questions, emails, whatever the case may be, if we didn't satisfy that, or if I use something improperly. I believe we've given definitions. I believe we've referenced scriptures, cross-referenced the things Jesus was referring to. I believe we've done our due diligence to establish what he referenced, what the call, what the, you know, and, and let me just say that I don't think anyone, almost no one today, believes that they're marrying a virgin. So you might as well just absolve that altogether, dissolve it, disappear it. No (laughs) one believes that, right? No, unfortunately,
1: Um, except in Jewish communities or in Orthodox. Towards some, yeah. Let me just leave that alone. (laughs) (laughs) The further he backpedaled, he just ran ran off. Never mind. Never
0: mind. Yeah, Um, but very few. Uh Um, And and to to some people's credit, I do know people that are adults and have remained virgins, and. yeah, you know, um, so it is, it is in existence, it is, you know, possible, it is, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying for the most part, I really doubt you thought you were marrying a virgin. I really doubt that that was the criteria of, for your bride mm-hmm. that on, you know, you wanted to verify. You hadn't been with no one else, right? I mean, if you did, you're probably a weirdo. Like, you know, I'm talking about in this day and time. Sorry, we're kind of getting off, but um, that's kind of a weird thing. Let me validate you were a virgin. Can you, you know, I want to. I want to see proof. Okay, good. Now I know that that you're a bride. Otherwise, I'm gonna put you away. That's not a thing today. You know what I mean? That's all I'm trying to say. It's not a thing today. So that's the thing he was talking about. That's the thing that he pulled. You know, um, from Moses to, I guess, um, to appease the Pharisees to a degree. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is what we have. This is it. The rest of it for the hardness of the heart and all that. No, no, no. That from the mm-hmm. beginning, no, that wasn't so. That if you take another. You commit adultery, you know, and this, this is to paraphrase those, those passages. So let me, let me read, um, I'll start with Romans 7 just to kind of build from there. He said, now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, and I, and I hate, he does this in another place. He does it in um, Corinthians, the fourteen chapter as well. Um, does the law not say, and, and he's not saying what I'm saying is of the law and only of the law. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you're not under the law, you're under grace, so this doesn't count for you. He's just paralleling that we know this is righteous because it comes from the law. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But people that don't want to believe certain things, when he says that statement when he's teaching, they'll use it as a um a catch. They'll use it as, you know, a disqualifier. Well, see, he said it was that was the law. Isn't that what he said? He just paralleled that he could actually find that in the law. Mm-hmm. You know that's of the law, you know. So I just want to make that clear. That's not an excuse. It's not like, well, we're not under the law. But he says, you who are familiar with the law, do you not know that the law only applies to a person while they're living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as she is alive. If you're alive, you're bound to him as long as you are alive. This is what Paul is saying, right? But if he dies, the Mm -hmm. laws of marriage no longer apply to her when he dies. She is no longer a married woman upon his death. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she marries another. Is that not verbatim? Word for word, exactly what Christ just said. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. That's why I said to my response that it's adultery up until the the spouse dies. So you have to repent of it unless they die. you know, And then you should probably still confess and repent your previous sins, but nonetheless. Um, But for those who are married, I command i'm sorry i've I've now jumped to Corinthians the seventh chapter um but for those who are married i I have a command that comes not from me but from the Lord mm-hmm. it might uh excuse me a wife must not leave her husband excuse me, but if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him mm-hmm. and the husband must not leave his wife so a command that doesn't come from Paul, according to Paul. It comes from the Lord, he says. A wife must not leave her husband. And we already saw Jesus say that. But if she leaves him, separation, if they become separated, Mm -hmm. let her remain single. Why? Because if she takes another, she commits adultery. adultery. We've read this, you know. Or else be reconciled to him. Mm-hmm. So she can leave and be separated. Separation is godly and biblical. You're a, you're permitted to separate and either remain single or be reconciled back, which honestly, how many times you heard of divorced people? Um, um, maybe not percentage. Uh, the percentage probably isn't high, but you've heard the story many times. They were married for five years, got divorced, and a year later they got back together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, had you not been divorced and just separated, you end up reconciling anyway. So remain single or reconcile back. But either way, you can't take another, but you can separate. So you can't put them away like divorce. You can, you can leave. Right. And the husband must not leave his wife. Verse 12. Now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. See what I'm saying by him specifying uh, what is directly from the Lord and what is not. If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer, and she is willing to continue living with him, He Mm -hmm. must not leave her, okay? Because you could be married to someone, get saved, you know, as we call it, um, become a devout Christian, and, you know, and now all of a sudden, they're not living like a Christian. They don't believe Christian beliefs. You're like, as a Christian, well, I'm not, you know, supposed to be equally, unequally yoked, and we start pulling all this stuff. Well, you were married to him before. Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, um, one's a believer, the other one's not. You don't put them away, right, for being an unbeliever. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him for the believing wife brings holiness to her, to her marriage. And the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise your children would not be holy, but now they are because at least one of the parents sanctifies, Mm -hmm. you know, makes holy the union and the children. But if the husband or wife, imagine what kind of God we would have that if he's like, well, hold on. So you believe and you serve me devoutly, but he doesn't, man, them kids are devils. I don't have nothing to do with them because one of you is a devil. No, he's like, look, I don't even care that the other one does whatever. I know you, you are mine and any child that's yours is mine. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, I just had to point that out. But if a husband or wife who isn't a believer insists on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other. For God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husbands might be saved because of you? And don't you husbands realize that your wives might be saved because of you? So that was what you were, you were talking about before we started, like in bondage is such a one, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they want to leave, you can't prevent them from leaving, right? They're not bound to you if they don't want to stay. Mm-hmm. You can't put them away, but they're not bound to you if, if yeah. they don't want to stay. You're called to live in peace. So if they don't want to be with you, let them go. Yeah.
1: That, that doesn't. Than. That still doesn't allow for remarriage, because that's the script that's often used, that that passage. Excuse me, um, that excerpt, "a brother sister's not bound" is often used to justify remarriage. Um, with, from what I've seen, at least from what I've been able to ascertain from looking at the at different um. Commentaries and even church fathers, you know their their view on remarriage and divorce. That scripture comes up, and it's not saying you're not bound to marriage at all, to where you can now go free and remarry. Because again, we don't see that from Christ. We don't see that from Paul's earlier statements, even referencing what the Lord said. Right. You know. So why would Paul say the Lord says this, but I'm gonna tell you that you can have a way out. Right. You know. But it's from what I've seen, it's referring to. The the marriage duties, or the duties of marriage, mm-hmm. and the husband providing, you know, taking care of, or the wife being bound to the husband. You're not going to chase them down right. and make them love you, right. you know, make them stay in a relationship, make them accept, you know, you're you're good towards them. If try. they want to go, they're free to go right. because we're called to peace. Right. You know, you're you're free to go. You're free to stay. Right. Because we're called to peace. And both
0: of both of those are peaceful. Mm-hmm. Both of those are, are yeah. Don't know. yeah. Both of them are peaceful. If you want to even know, we don't have the same faith. You don't serve my God. You don't live in the ways that I think are right. We are married. If you want to stay, I'll have you and I'll live peaceably, peaceably with you. But if you don't, I'll let you go and I'll live peaceably with mm-hmm. you. You know, so we are called to live in peace, you know. Um so what about the nature of God outside of statements about earthly human beings, divorcing and remarriage? Um what about the relationship of God with man and our relationship with God, you know, personally? What there's a reflection there, right? Yes.
1: Yes, I think there's a from what I see there's a parallel between Christ and man and marriage between the man and the woman. Um Christ came to reconcile us to God. We were alienated, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we were fornicators and adulterers, living lives contrary to God. Right. Christ comes and reconciles us to God. Right. He doesn't divorce us. Right. And if we separate from him, as long as we repent, we still can come back to him. Right. We're not replaced by another. Right. Which is why with marriage, you're not to remarry. You block off repentance. Yep for that spouse, yeah. for that person yeah. who may otherwise have either come back or you now push them to adultery as right. well. So you you cut off repentance which is the very message of the gospel, right? Which is to repent. You know, you cut off the opportunity to come back to be reconciled. Right. Which is exactly what we're given in Christ. Reconciliation, forgiveness,
0: love, peace. Mhm. All of it it It's like we talked about before, there's no like laws and principles are not arbitrary, and whatever the circumstance may be uh we 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 cross this a lot with different debates on issues. There's the data, and then there's anecdotal. You have a story of something terrible happening that goes against what data suggests, what rules and laws mm-hmm. and principles and science and psychology and what a biology um basically you have an opinion. So it's fact versus opinion. Mm -hmm. And here we have facts, but you have your opinion because of what you experienced. And while we don't want to take away anyone's experience or justification for a bad experience, that was, that's justifiably terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, The facts are still the facts. The principles are still the principles. And if, unfortunately, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I guess uh, doing some apologetics for the commands of God, you know, defending the faith, defending the principles um, in light, understanding and sympathizing and empathizing with evil that's done to you, you know you know what I mean, but I can still defend the principle mm-hmm. because if we have a society, if we are a people, if we are a faith or whatever the case may be, that does not practice reconciliation, that when someone does you evil and we just talked about praying for enemies, praying mm-hmm. for people that hurt you, do you know how we're supposed to respond to that, if we're a society that believes in the opposite, you know, you either repay evil for evil. You leave people that you don't like. You 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 disfellowship people that do wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no. You know, as soon as there's a conflict, whatever it may be of whatever magnitude, but if we deal with conflicts as terrible as they are, with saying that's it, I'm out. I don't have nothing to do with you ever again. Again, going back to a marriage, let's say he beats the living daylights out of you day and night. That is terrible. I would probably fight him for you. (laughs) Even though it'd be wrong, you understand? Like I am on your side when it comes to that. But what the Bible says do is go. Okay, leave him. Mm -hmm. If you must leave him, remain unmarried. unmarried, Yes, and leave the door open for God to do something Mm -hmm. to reconcile, to forgive that person when they repent. You should be praying for them. Remember to go go back for them. Right to praying for your enemies. If you do what Jesus did in light of Judas, if you did what Joseph did in light of what his brothers did, then you will be standing next to the Pharaoh and save your brother's life. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have done that if he wanted to repay evil for evil. you know. So if you bring that to the marriage, if you want to repay evil for evil or leave and have nothing to do with them ever again. And I think there's a lot of that in society. you know, Parents not talking to their children, children not talking to their parents. And, and um, Dennis Prager does, has a great uh, video, like a fireside chat on parents, or excuse me, children that don't speak to their parents. Um, but we live in a society like that. I've, Mm -hmm. I've been, I've actually done that. I've I've participated in that because it's easier to run from controversy. It's easier to hate people that have wronged us. It's very, very, very challenging to reconcile carnally. If you're the, you know, the spiritual man that walks in the spirit and not in the flesh, you know. You know, you're, you're just, uh, we got to tie, you know, weights to your legs so you don't ascend right to heaven. <laughs> um, it's easy to forgive everyone and reconcile marriages and do all that. No, I'm not saying that. It is terribly difficult. It is terribly difficult. Your husband is beating the tar of you. Your wife sleeps with everybody in the neighborhood but you. I, I have an immense amount of sympathy for people in these terrible, terrible situations. These are the scriptures nonetheless, and that is why I think they're still righteous and why this would be a, be a better path than leaving. Mm-hmm. and closing the door forever and or taking another one and let's bring it to the picture. If in fact, it's a sin, then you're going to be punished for all eternity for not repenting. I mean, I don't really don't think it's worth it as good as I think some of these situations are that I experience, you know, with friends and family out here that I think they're better. If you had to pay for that, ultimately it ain't worth yeah. it. Be friends with them. Don't be
1: married to them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where, uh, that's where a lot of the, um, <clears throat> error comes in. Um, separation can be good and permitted. Remarriage is not. Right. And we we often bring the two into the conversation together as though they're inseparable. Right. If I separate, then that gives me right to remarry? It's like, no. No. You, if that person is pleased to dwell with you, right. don't put them away. Right. If you do separate, right. remain unmarried. If they That's leave, not remain unmarried and be in a... Extra marital affair. Right. If they
0: leave, let them go. Mm -hmm. If they want to come back, receive them. Exactly. The door is always open. And we we talked about the the reflection of God in our relationship, right? Um, But we didn't, you know, the reprobated mind, Mm -hmm. you know, the person that refuses the ways of God, Mm -hmm. refuses to want to do right. Um, That's the only thing. You know what the Bible says your sin separates you from God is what the prophet said, you know, Isaiah right, mm-hmm. I is you know um, yeah, it's our actions that separate us from Him, and when we want to change, he welcomes us back, yeah, so your husband could beat the tar out of you, um, so he has chosen to estrange himself from you, and you may have to leave to prevent being murdered, mhm, right. There's nothing wrong with that, but what if he repents? Now, if he has a reprobated mind and he continues to want to be on you, that's different.
1: Leave and stay gone, right? But remain unmarried, right? That's unfortunate. leave. So it, stay gone, but remain unmarried. And I'm not, I'm not saying it like, oh, it's just so easy. No, it's, you know,
0: <laughs> and just yeah, it's just you know, but but the Bible's clear, and it has, mm-hmm. it makes accommodation for your situation. It's just not the accommodation you want. You know, it's like. Accommodation, the, the the house you want to live in. You have a roof, you have food. It's just not as nice as you want it to be, you know what I mean. But it's mm-hmm. not like you're you're not homeless, you know what I mean. So we, it's like the the all or nothing, you know, type situation. Um, no, he didn't want you to stay in the marriage. You know, oh, you you mean that God wanted me to stay? No, he didn't want you to stay in that marriage. Yeah, um, I think part being of... treated like that, but he didn't want you to remarry either. He wanted it reconciled. Mm-hmm. That's that's his ultimate goal that they repent. The the goal for us is not that we perish, but repent. Mm-hmm. So the goal for the marriage is not that the marriage perish, but the wrong is repented of. The wrong, you confess your faults, you apologize, you say, I'm sorry, you say, I'll change. And the other person has so much love for you. And with praying for your enemies, they have a realization that they, in fact, aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. And they know God has forgiven them. When they stand praying, they forgive you of you beating on them because they're asking God to forgive them of their wrongs mm-hmm. to him. You understand what I'm saying? Like This is, this is why it's an easy Christian principle. For a Christian, for someone who and follows, a consistent and, one. Yeah. right, exactly, you know, and yeah, the consistency flows like water through the text. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, I don't see any blatant contradictions to anything said. They all, like I said, they all mesh together very well.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this this subject really, um, for those who are already married, it's bittersweet. Um, your way out is manifested, you know, in bad situations. Um you have separation if you're in a <clears throat> another relationship or married to another. I think that's where it it becomes extremely hard cuz that it may be a good a Better. good relationship, right. you know. Yeah. Um but according to the scriptures that that thing which seems good is sin. Right. Um. So that that's something that should be repented of. But it also the the topic itself should really bring gravity and some, and a grave understanding of marriage and appreciation for marriage. And it's like baptism. You know, it's like coming to uh, coming to Christ. It's like serving the Lord. These are things that have a cost that should be counted. Right. Before we jump in, you know. Right. And I think the culture doesn't. It doesn't inspire us to consider. It doesn't give us reason to consider the cost because we are in a culture that allows, or that este- or that excuse me, um, encourages. If one doesn't do you good, right. there's another one that will. But right. one won't do for me. Someone else will. Right. And yes, someone else maybe will treat you better. But is it worth it if it comes at the cost of right. ultimate separation from Him? Right. You know, from right. your Creator then then, what
0: was the whole faith about? You know, like, what is the whole faith about if, if you will justify, rationalize, or make decisions even, um, if it ultimately is counterproductive, if it, if, it, mm-hmm. if it achieves the opposite of what you're striving for in this faith? Um, so, so while we talked, I do want to add one last thing, right? And it's a challenging thing um, because there is a situation of someone I know this video, this topic, this situation never came to mind in preparing for this and, and dealing with this and up until this point, right? Um, but I do want to make that catch that this this is one that hits close to home to someone I know. And I'm not saying this as like an indirect Facebook post against mm-hmm. them, um, but it may be a valid response that others may have. So I want to share the response that I know someone in this position, right? Right. Um, so I don't know where they are in light of the scriptures. I don't know their understanding or their acceptance of the scriptures, but I know that they've been prophesied to. You understand? They've been prophesied to about this second relationship. Um and there's been dreams. You know, so there's like what they believe is inspiration, right? From God, whether through themselves or through others, whether through dreams, visions, prophecies, whatever, right? So, and I think that's when the text doesn't do it, and I'm not saying this is that person's case. I'm just saying it's plausible that when the text itself doesn't, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, um, what it doesn't make an allowance that you're looking for or that you hope for. I don't think it's wrong necessarily to hope for things. I did say when you start watching this video, if you want, like, if you're looking in the Bible, or start watching this video, and you want something to be said,
1: you're probably barking up the wrong tree. Well, the text doesn't accommodate the the path you desire to go on. It
0: doesn't accommodate anyone. <laughs> no,
1: it doesn't. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't. No, it, you know? it, that's that's true. It doesn't.
0: So, so if the text doesn't do it, it's far easier to to lean on. And to some, I'm not saying it's about that person, but some fabricate prophecy. Some fabricate. And some dream things. They're not fabricating dreams, um, but some dream things. Does that mean it's from God? Um, the prophecy, does that mean it's from God? And the, the only issue I have with that, to me, prophecies, dreams, visions, thoughts, whatever, even an angel from heaven saying something contrary to what the written text already says is already a lie and to be condemned if it does not parallel with what the same spirit already inspired through 40-some other people, including the Son of God, the Son of Man, which is from heaven, which is in heaven, if it doesn't align with his words let and the teaching already established, Paul says, if it was him himself teaching something different, let it be a curse. It doesn't matter if an angel appeared to you. It really doesn't. And like I said, I had serious. to make that exception because, like I said, it hit close to home and the person's probably going to watch. Mm-hmm. And it, it is no way a shot towards them. It is. I have no... Motive or interest whatsoever. You know what I mean? I would rather far remove myself from yeah. any personal occurrences or situations that people have. But when it comes to the text, and then, all right, the text says this, here's the situation, but I think I had a dream or someone had a dream or there was a prophecy. So here's where I think prophecies, dreams, and visions line up. Here's where I think scripture lines up. And here's how I think they come together. And if this doesn't, this. The prophecies, the dreams, and visions have to align with the scriptures. The scriptures don't have to align with your prophecies, dreams, and visions.
1: There have been prophecies, dreams, and visions well within the scriptures, all throughout scripture, which have both confirmed scripture and contradicted what the Lord said. So the old old prophet and and the young prophet sat there and told him the complete opposite of what God said. Hadaniah told the people that they. We're going to live a great life, right. Jeremiah said. Nope. He's lying to you. Right. There were prophecies. There have been dreams. There have been visions, which were incorrect. The standard, for as much as we can verify, right. is scripture. Yep. If you think something's wrong with the scripture, then let's go through various scriptures, various interpretations, translations, you know, to see if we can find. Right. Um, where it may be a you know, mistranslation, or right? Which is what I like kind of what I
0: kind of did with Matthew five. Mm-hmm. You know, like I told you, um, with that and a scripture um, that along the same lines that Paul was speaking of. You know, two translations worded it very differently. So I went to the Greek, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see the Greek phrases like what was actually written in Greek, and then how those were translated word for word to see, and then and then define the mm-hmm. words to understand what the words mean. Um, so we can do that, but that's different.
1: Yeah. But you know. it's we should be focused on what scripture says, not what people bring through dreams and visions and right. prophecy. Right. Because right. those things can fail. But we the dream. word of the Lord abides forever. We dream all kinds of dumb stuff. And that's dreams come through the multitude of business. You know, what you we've all many of us have had, if not all have had, the occasion where what we're doing seeps into our dreams. Right. What you listen to when you sleep seeps right. into your dreams. What you desire. Right. All of these things may seep into your dreams. Right. I've had many dreams where the thing that I thought was good wasn't from the Lord. Right. The thing that I thought was Satan was actually God showing me things that were to come. Right, It happened exactly, exactly how he was showing me. But if I would just go by what I had this dream and that was good, so that's what the Lord's saying. Would have gotten wrong. Right. As I did by thinking that this dream wasn't of him. Right. You know, so dreams come, dreams go, prophecy comes. Lord knows I've had many prophecies of things that were utterly wrong. Right. That lined up with other things that I had dreamt and all that, it was utterly wrong. So do I go by my dreams and the prophecies, or do I go by what the scripture says? Right. If a man prophesies something that's contrary to the word of God, the scripture's penned right. by the apostles, you know, by disciples and by a pro- by prophets right inspired by the spirit right yeah now the, the scriptures do teach and it's part of our faith you know to
0: not despise prophecy to mm-hmm. listen to prophecy to hear prophecy the bible also says that at the mouth of two or three witnesses let something be established as true um, that if one prophesy there needs to be two other prophets prophesying along with him to confirm if someone speaks in tongues there has to be two, mm-hmm. one person cannot dictate the word of the lord and nowhere in the Bible, is, and that's that's especially detailed um, in the New Testament by Paul, like in First um, Corinthians, the 14th chapter, when he talks about prophecies in tongues, he talks about the order and how you know it's true and when it should be done mm-hmm. and how to practice it and what, to, you know, uh, I know you're familiar with this, you know, so all that is already given that one dream, one prophecy, one message in tongues or whatever, um, that's not going to do. You need the mouth of two or three mm-hmm. witnesses to establish it. But again, we've dealt with that, right? But that's not the standard. That's not what was exalted. What was exalted was the inspiration of the text, Mm -hmm. was the inspiration of Scripture, right? All Scripture is given by the inspiration, Mm -hmm. right? Inspiration is is not just, oh, they felt good. Inspiration, actually, inspiration, spirit, is in the center of that, the root word, right? And it actually means from the breath of God, you know, breathed on or, or, yeah, it means breathed, you know, by God, right? It's God breathed. It's inspired. So this was him flowing through men, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? According to the scriptures, his breath, like Christ said, it's not my words, it's his. Like the apostle says, not our words, it's Christ. Mm -hmm. It was his spirit, the spirit flowing through to create this. And it is good for correction. It is good for rebuke, thoroughly furnishing all good works. I'm paraphrasing, right? That was esteemed. That was how we know what good works are. That was how we know how to correct our life, where we would go wrong, the scriptures. But again, we're, we're talking about dreams and prophecies mm-hmm. that are contrary to the written scriptures. Talk
1: about the bricks, but forget the mortar. Just, that's a nice wall there, just a bunch of bricks piled. Not fashioned right. you know That, that thing that hold it, holds it together right. is missing. Right, the
0: thing that's actually esteemed. Mm-hmm. One is not denied, but the other is actually esteemed. And, and these are subject to the written text. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, I, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We're, we're probably at time, but um, anything to wrap up any conclusion? I mean, I think we've we touched it. There, I mean, there's always going to be things left wanting. So um, there's going to be another reference. If there's a scripture that you guys have uh, a scripture, a scripture, I have to, I have to emphasize that. Uh, Cause I always get rebuttals. I get re- more, more of the comments that I get on, on my channel are people arguing with me, telling me I'm wrong, than it is people telling me I'm right, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. And I'd prefer that if you think I'm wrong, say something. I don't really need high fives. Yeah. But they always tell me I'm wrong with lack of Scripture, or they're telling me the Bible says something, or they'll, or if they do quote a Scripture, the Scripture doesn't say what they say it says. <laughs> and you know what I mean? So get me a Scripture. If you If you find something contrary, get a Scripture that expressly says something contrary. Don't get a Scripture that you think says something contrary but get me a scripture mm-hmm. for one. Don't just tell me you think, or here's what, you know, um, I'll just say that won't prevail. That won't, you know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing it. That's fine. But um, if you really have something and it could prevail and, and change, turn the tables on what we've established here, what we believe is established, um, try to do so with scripture and try to do so within, let the scriptures say it. Don't add a bunch of filler. You
1: know, I would also recommend um, looking up the first First two to three centuries, uh, like church fathers and the teachings mm-hmm. of the early church, because this wasn't a debated topic. Right there, there are topics that are debated. You know, right. uh, whether it be uh, the Godhead, whether Christ was half man, all God. Right. Certain topics were debated. There were some that were absolutely unanimous, and no one even thought to question. And divorce and remarriage is one of them. Right. This right. is a consistent theme. Right. Um,
0: it's a predominant teaching throughout the first. Uh, or later, at
1: least the first couple,
0: right? Yeah. Um, coming from the apostles, coming from direct disciples of the apostles themselves. So, so we got Christ saying it. We got the apostles who heard it from him, and then we have the disciples that heard it from the apostles mm-hmm. and the people they taught, and so forth. For basically, if we count Christ, we got Christ and probably three generations at least after Christ.
1: So we have to understand that if this is supposedly, supposedly, the proper understanding it didn't come until well after right. Christ was gone. Right. It didn't come until well after the, the apostles were gone. It didn't come after, until well after their disciples were gone. You know, so this, and we have some who, at least from the historical record, learned directly from the apostles. Right. Who are saying the same exact thing, you yep. know, that we're trying to relate here.
0: Yep. Man, I, I think we got it covered. Um, I know we're, we're prior time, we might've lost the camera too, but, So anyway, thanks for listening. Again, if you if you got something, drop it in the comments. Hit us up. Um, Yeah, uh, ax242.com for more.